tell you about Indian and Cowboy? Just explain what it is. Indian and Cowboy is an independent. Uh, it's it's a lot. It's a lot of things. I. Indian and Cowboy is an independent indigenous media media network that that doesn't like it's it's <laughs> there's a lot of things we're gonna do I I I should have written this down Indian and Cowboy is a website it's it's a platform it's it's an indigenous podcast network committed to telling indigenous stories for the world to hear guided by our ancestors driven by community and fueled by the love of the land <laughs> okay I'm gonna do this again hold up it's 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 a celebration of story. Indianandcowboy.com is a is a platform that celebrates indigenous stories. And our stories are our nationhood. And our nationhood is our sovereignty. And that's what Indian and Cowboy is. And welcome to Odepemsu Squaywak Kitsikisaguk, Metis in Space, Molly Swain Nitsiakason, Otusquanik Nitotzen, Chelsea Val Nitsiakason, Mantusakaganik Nitotzen. We have got a doozy of an episode for you this evening, probably. Uh, we don't actually know how it's going to go, but trust me, considering what we watched, what we subjected ourselves to this evening, you're going to get an earful. You are. Mm. I, yeah, brutal, brutal. Uh, we wow. we were raging. Yeah. I mean, I guess we're kind of giving it away, right? Uh, yeah, a little bit. But um, maybe just understand that we're coming from a place of profound disgust. <laughs> so <laughs> it might color it might it, it might color everything that comes out of our mouths at I this mean, point. For me, it's like disgust, but it's also like almost disbelief. I know yeah. I, I, I have this thing. I rant about this the idea of disbelief generally because I think it comes from a place of privilege where you. You are so privileged that you you literally can't conceive of something so horrible happening. Mm-hmm. But I found myself in a state of disbelief in this episode. <laughs> it was so bad. Yeah, I, I didn't think. Oh my goodness. That, well, I think it's because based on things that we've watched before, we didn't think that it could get any worse. <laughs> um, but <laughs> Star Trek, hey, we were proven wrong. Oh yes. <laughs> And this is one of those times where we we don't relish being proven wrong. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Yikes. All right. Okay. So what do, what do we need to do? We need to plug uh, something really, really cool. Mm. So if you go to IndianandCowboy.com, uh, we now have a our first uh, sponsor, network sponsor, 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 sponsor. So what you do is you go on to IndianandCowboy.com, you scroll down until you see the huge Kimuan banner. You won't miss it. You will not miss it. Yes. Uh, and you click on that, clicky click. And what you can do is you can actually, if you are not already a subscriber, what's up? Uh, you can become a subscriber to this amazing, beautiful magazine. Uh, sorry, zine. I'm not hipping up. Uh, yeah, no. In it's, the old it's, days, it was magazine. It's a magazine, but without the MAGA. Right. No MAGA in the zine. Yeah, you don't need a MAGA. No, the MAGA is superfluous. <laughs> oh, nice. Vocab. Okay, yeah. we've, we've been vocabbing all yeah, that. Yeah, we're, we're totally trying to like increase our vocab. Um, okay, so basically what you do is you scroll down, you uh, you click on the banner, and you can get that 10% off by um, putting in the offer code, which you only can hear on these episodes. Ooh. So if you turn off the uh, your, your podcast right now, you're not going to learn how to do it. So don't don't turn it off. Yeah, um, keep listening. Yeah, you have to type in, and it's, uh, it's super secret code, Indian and Cowboy, no spaces, all lowercase. That's it. 10% That's the off. Offer code. Also, wait, yeah. Chelsea. What? Chelsea. Chelsea. 
Why what? yes, Molly? What is the Kimawan zine? Why the Kimawan zine? Kimawan, by the way, means it's raining in Cree. How interesting. Yes, it's even in syllabics. Uh, it's basically just this awesome zine that gets, you have some of the most amazing people in Indian country mm-hmm. uh, contributing to this. I actually, I recently subscribed. You get a wicked shirt uh, and, and some back issues. And uh, there's poetry in there. There's um, beautiful, like, uh, photo essays. There's um, fiction, nonfiction, just all sorts of wonderful social commentary coming out of Indian country. It's really a fantastic it's uh, zine. really good yeah it's very like it's and it's also beautiful it's just beautiful yeah just full color very well put together it's yeah. it's not the kind of zine you know that you know you make where you just like go to the copy shop right and, and it's all black glue and white everything and together and yeah just copy it until you can't really yeah no, no this is this gorgeous. is the real deal yeah it's like put on your coffee table in the way that like white hipsters do to show off type of thing yeah but, but like, like with indian flair yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah so you should definitely do that and you're supporting you know fantastic public Publishing. I mean, this is all, it's all sort of like playing, you know, it's, it's weird. Cause like, we're just like weaving a mountain of indigenous awesomeness. So if you weaving a mountain, weaving a mountain. Wow. That's like at least three metaphors. I know it's great. Probably like six. I, I'm sure we could, we could stretch more out of it too. We could oh, just totally. Really, yeah. Yeah. Metaphors. Well, okay. So wait, maybe, maybe just repeat what you need to do to get this incredible you know, right. like offer. go to indianandcowboy.com. Scroll down until you see the Kimwine uh, banner. It's huge. Click on it. Enter in the offer code Indian and Cowboy. Lowercase, no spaces, and you will get ten percent off a yearly subscription. 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 All right. I think I think we did it. Yeah. All right. And also just like. Thanks, Kimawan, yeah. for like supporting, and yeah. we're very happy to support you back. Wicked, cool. That's reciprocity. I know. I'm just so excited. I, I love know, Kimawan. Same, yeah, same. Right. Okay, okay, good. One plug down. <gasps> Next plug. That's actually it. Oh wow! Yeah, this is a one plug episode. You All just right. need the one plug today. Okay, Molly, would you like to introduce the wine of tonight? I would. So we went all out uh, for a vin de pays, c'est la vie, Pinot Noir, Syrah. K Sarah Sarah. Whatever will be, will be. The future's not ours to see. K Sarah Sarah. Yes. It's a bit like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2013, uh, Produit de France, in case you're wondering. Mm-hmm. Uh, and let's see what it says on the back here. The, the label, in case you're wondering, is a very nice, classy, off white cream with a, I wouldn't call it a bright red, uh, an understated but funky red with a great font, if you're looking for it. Uh, And the back says, What an exceptional encounter in between two famous grape varieties when the fine and charming Pinot Noir meets with the supple, generous Syrah. Mm. Unveiling fresh red fruits and exquisite mouthfill texture. Mouthfill texture, not mouthful. (laughs) Mouthfill. You enjoy a suave yes oh my god okay you okay so it's a mel- an exquisite mouthfeel <laughs> texture and you also enjoy a suavely feeling that will satisfy your palate a suavely feeling that's, a, that's just a bad translation from the french I, be. yeah i feel like i should have practiced this before because whoa a, that's weird okay so perfect partner for your roast meats and cheese it will help you enjoy pleasures of life Ooh. as french people say Say la vie, the true one! Exclamation, exclamation, exclamation. And honestly, I, I, I was kind of like, let's get this. It has three exclamation points, right? Yeah, that's like, that's why we chose it. Yeah. And I'm actually, I'm reading the French now. This is actually just a not very good translation. What does it say in French? It says, uh, well, the last the last two words are la vraie, which doesn't actually like it directly translates into the true one, uh, but that's not but really no. what it means. Oh Bad translation. Uh, so, but anyway, it's it's a pretty good Pinot. It's yeah. I'm, like yeah. I'm enjoying it. It's it's not bad. Yeah, cheers. cheers. All right. Uh, so before we introduce the show, I just wanted to address Molly's swearing because me. Okay, no, actually, I've been I've been developing a little bit of a pirate mouth. I'm a I bad think, influence. Yeah, I mean, normally, like in real life, I swear like a sailor. I just I cuss and I curse. It's 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 crazy. But on you know on the podcast, I've I've sort of been trying you know to class it up a bit or just whatever not class it up a bit just not swear too much right but i noticed myself the last couple episodes just sort of you know cutting loose it's well i mean the last few episodes have been pretty bad like this one is particularly bad so we're really if we're not gonna completely cuss out life we're gonna have to come up with like some some better no i'm i'm planning on using all of my like 
dads and aunts and uncles, right. you know, like the Catholic version of swearing, like Jiminy Cricket. Yeah. Or... <laughs> I know this. Your uncles cl- clearly didn't tone it down <laughs> no, for you. Well, like I, I you know, like uh, my 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 Kukum doesn't swear at all. You know, um, my most of the, most of my my family doesn't swear. My my father though is a construction worker, and so we grew up around construction workers, and so you hear that language all the time, and uh, and and so the kids, you know, we started swearing a lot, and my my dad was like, you can only swear if you sing along to Frank Zappa tunes which are full of Who, swears, no tell, right? tell the story about how you thought he was okay. your uncle well uh, it's a sad story so <laughs> um, my dad used to refer to frank zappa as uncle frank right and even in our bathroom we had this poster in our bathroom of uncle frank sitting on the toilet you know like <laughs> that didn't seem weird to me and so i was always like when's uncle frank gonna come visit when's uncle frank gonna come visit and he never came and i was like really sad but but he kind of looked like my dad because my dad's got like this crazy curly hair and you know the old the mustache that's coming back in now and stuff and like whatever so i thought he was our uncle and he was just really busy on tour and it wasn't i I don't know i was like in my teens when i was like i finally was like you know i never see this guy i never see our uncle he's like he's not really your uncle we just called him that and i was like i was just so you know i knew he wasn't like my mother's brother or my father's brother but like i had lots of like uncles who were like distant cousins and stuff you know and it was just so sad that frank zappa wasn't actually you know i i I may have actually told people that he was my uncle you know yeah so i mean if anybody asks you know i think we should maybe keep this legend going yeah well i I mean you know the truth now i think he was spiritually my uncle i mean if i if i believed he was my uncle yeah well i mean you know like your mustache is is very similar yeah i mean my mustache looks just like his yeah, right? and I think that's a sign, you know. Like yeah. even if even if you're not blood, you know, there's yeah. something there's something inside that we share a spirit. Yeah, totally. You know? Yeah, a connection totally. there. So so the reason that this came up, it's actually not nearly as great of a story. But basically, my mom called me. My mom has finally started listening to Maytian Space after originally Hi, not being impressed. Hi, mom. <laughs> my my mom's name is Patty Ann, by the way. No hyphen. Uh, so, yeah, so my mom called me and she was like, Molly, you've started listening to Made in Space. I think it's so great. I'm so proud of you. La, la, la. You know, all those great mom things. And then she was like, but you know, you really say the S word a lot. And your great grandmothers are going to be so ashamed of you, you yeah. know? And I was like, mom, my, both my great grandmothers are dead, you know? And she was like, they're rolling in their graves. She's just like, they're listening and they're rolling Ooh. in their graves. You know, Ooh. like my, my, uh, great grandmothers are both kind of Southern bells. I think they're from, you know, like Texas and Oklahoma or, or something like that. And apparently they would just be so ashamed of wow. me. So just a quick, a quick apology, uh, yeah. to, to my great grandmothers, also to my grandmothers in case they ever listen to this. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, Izzy. Sorry. Uh, grandma Swain. Um, yeah, sorry about that. We 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 have kind of been cutting loose a little bit. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, Let's you know, it. we're, it's sort of a fa- yeah. I'd like it to be a family friendly show. I'd like. Uh, I'd like would all you? The, yeah. I, I think we're kind of a bit far gone for that. No way, man. I want, uh, dude. We're talking about full body condoms. Yeah, you know, sex I talk with about aliens. My kids with I, I talk to my kids about stuff like that. I, I mean, I guess I, so. Maybe maybe my family's a little bit more repressed. Yeah. Well, I, I I would like families, indigenous families, to sit around talking about full body condoms and alien sex and yeah, mystic okay. syphilis. I think that those are healthy discussions to have. We talk a lot That's about free okay. power and informed consent. We talk a lot, you know, deconstructing uh, harmful stereotypes. We talk about misogyny. We talk about relationships. I think those things, those are important if at sometimes uncomfortable conversations to be had. And if our occasional swearing makes that a little bit more uncomfortable, then I think we can you know, we bring it back a little bit. I'm cool with that. I mean, okay. I like. It's also kind of I'll fun try. to come up with the alternatives to the swearing. Yeah, it's true. Like, yeah, I, I enjoy doing that. My mind is totally blank right now. I, I know so <laughs> many, like, my kids come with these great, like, weird, like, uh, um, cheesy fries you know like like things <laughs> like that or fries. shut the front door you know like yeah oh like yeah that. those and are really yeah, good yeah 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 just like the things that your gym teacher oh would say. yeah you know so yeah like, totally <laughs> okay, i mean anyway. i'm into it like i'm i'm really into kind of like those those 50s yeah, swear words cute. you know yeah. yeah so i mean we'll try like right. we can't guarantee anything all right because frankly part of it is i was never allowed to swear as a kid and mom <laughs> if you're listening you know what i'm talking about <laughs> I was never allowed to swear as a kid, and I'm having a great time being a grown-ass woman. Oh, boy, Molly. Swearing Just, like a sailor. You gotta, you gotta put that away. All right. Nah, man. I'm gonna okay, well, whatever. To... We'll try. We'll try. Go ahead and, and, and introduce okay. this travesty. So anyway, we're, so we're only 15 minutes in, and we're hey. already <laughs> introducing the episode. I think Ooh. this is a record. So today, uh, you have the pleasure and the privilege mm. of listening to us deconstruct and review 
Stargate SG-1, Season 2, Episode 12, Spirits, where SG-1 finds a planet inhabited by Native American Indians, protected by spirits who are actually advanced alien shapeshifters. And they're, they're not just Native Americans, they're Native American Indian Aboriginal Indigenous people. <laughs> They are, they're like so... They're so native that they so have... So native. They need multiple adjectives and or nouns to describe them. Yeah, they are... Oh, wow. Like, you are... It's it's honestly... It's a doozy. And okay, so here's my... Here's also my story of SG-1, because like, I think Chelsea... Yeah, this, I'm new to this. Up, but well, you saw the episode. I saw didn't parts know of it halfway on. through, and I didn't know what was going on, but I'm, I'm wholly unfamiliar with this series, because it, um, this was like... I, I think it started... Uh, when I'd already graduated from high school, and so I, I wasn't—I uh, didn't have a TV for a really long time. So a lot of the sci-fi that I watched before, I watched with my family on a weekly basis. So this was not one of those shows. So I don't know this show. Yeah. So so myself, on the other hand, the story with me is I've actually seen a fair bit of this show, and how it came about was. I decided I wasn't ready to try a new Star Trek after Star Trek The Next Generation, after I'd watched that, you know, three or four times. Um, So I went on Netflix and I typed in things that were related to Star Trek and two things came up and it was Battlestar Galactica and Stargate SG-1. And I didn't know anything about either of those series, so I kind of picked at random and I picked SG-1. And I know that all of the sci-fi fans are just cringing <laughs> right now because but we, Battlestar but Galactica know. is incredible and SG-1 is this just total tripe. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, so I ended up watching about maybe like three or four seasons, kind of falling asleep to them before I realized just I needed to, to try something else. Uh, so I had never actually seen this episode because I, I think I ended up sleeping through it. <laughs> but I, I know all the background to it. So okay. we so we had to stop kind of as we were watching so I could explain what the hell was going on yeah. a couple times. But just basically, yikes. Yeah. So it's all, uh, it starts off with, they're passing around this very light metal mm-hmm. uh, that's called tritium. It's 100 times lighter and stronger than steel. And, uh, you know, who doesn't want that, right? So they found <laughs> it on uh, on this planet. And so basically there's, uh, there's dude, uh, there's nerd glasses, anthro guy, there's hot babe, blonde chick, there's dude with the alien forehead, there's the bald army guy, uh, commander, and then there's MacGyver. Oh, MacGyver. I was, you know, I knew MacGyver was in this. I'm really excited. Um, but at no point during any of the show did duct tape figure into the story, which was incredibly disappointing to me. See, and this, this was a new thing because I have never seen MacGyver. I only know MacGyver as a verb. Yeah, so, to MacGyver something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I MacGyvered that. Like I knew oh. what that was, and I, I kind of vaguely knew there was a show, but I thought it was like in the '60s. You know, I thought in that dude 60s? would have been dead. What? So I was in like really 60s? surprised to know that Colonel Jack, whatever. No, MacGyver. O'Neil had, is... No, man, MacGyver was like my hero. MacGyver had all the skills that all of the rural Albertans wanted. You know, like. It, like he could fix anything with duct tape uh he solved all of his problems with like ingenuity and skill he was just like amazing yeah so oh so where okay. we're at okay so so we're we're looking at this like metal trinium very valuable uh spray to... painted styrofoam oh stuff. totally yeah <laughs> they're like it's so light <laughs> but uh so basically what you learned like you're in this like highly militarized kind of like war strategy room and there's you know there's technology all around and it's in this bunker and you learn that sg11 is 48 hours overdue so sg1 which is the series title is stargate one they're kind of like team number one when they go through the stargate and find all the shit or whatever and so sg11 is the 11th team and they are 48 hours overdue and because the they're, first, mining. they're mining yeah they're mining planet. yeah they're, they're looking for this trinium and trying to find more of it and the first thing that you learn is that they need to go rescue sg11 and that there are no indigenous people on the planet yep. and the reason that they know that is because there's no radio waves oh i missed that yeah they're like there's no there radio system. signals or some other kind of signal and i was like okay that doesn't seem like the most reliable way <laughs> wow to ensure that there are no you know people on the planet but Hey, you know, Indians love radio, man. Yeah, and so just just as they kind of are explaining all of this, all of a sudden the the Stargate starts to open, and they're like, "Oh, SG 11s returning! They're you know they're coming back!" And all you see is the glass in this kind of room just shatter, and then MacGyver gets hit with this arrow, like, <gasps> yeah. All, like through the glass, which yeah. you learn is bulletproof. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. So it's it's uh, yeah. He gets he gets hit, um, and he's he's down. And uh, Anthro dude is like, oh, it's a it's an arrow of Native American origin, uh, but more advanced. Okay, but why? 
did did it did you look at that and say it's obviously Native American? Why wasn't it from like the Ming Dynasty? Wasn't it why wasn't it like a Phoenician arrow? Like how do you look at an arrow like that and be like it's obviously Native American? Well, Nobody especially because like them? did you like I don't know if you caught a glance at the arrow. Yeah, but like it doesn't look like it any, doesn't look no. like any arrow no, that, that you find it's, on it's the planet. It's got that trinium metal tip. Right? It's got like, the whole thing is trinium metal. Yeah, it doesn't look anything even like, like the it. the fletching. Oh, I didn't on the back that. is metal. Jeez. It's like what? Like how? Like arrows? Come on, there's only so many ways that you can make an arrow and have it work, right? So to like look at it and and just be certain that it's not, like whatever. Yeah, but but his thing is is like the anthro guys like you know it's of Native American but of an advanced design. Right. They've come a long way in the past few hundred years, and this. This yeah. to me was the theme of this episode. Yeah. This idea of indigenous evolution, like yeah, that it, and and it being weird, yeah, you know, like whoa, it can't it can't be natural, yeah, it can't be natural, yeah. Um, and then MacGyver's right. down, and they're like, oh, uh, you know, sorry about that, and he's like, oh, it's okay. Uh, aliens are always poking me full of holes, and I'm like, ha, you know, not in your holes anyway. Uh, <laughs> I thought that was funny. So yeah, which is like, this is this is what we do, yeah. Yeah, that's that's totally how we watch episodes, basically. Just bad sex jokes. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, so so then so they set up the like evolution narrative and then they immediately set up the white guilt narrative as well. Yeah. So there's a white guilt guy going, um, you know, like we oh, we didn't realize there is indigenous people on this planet because we didn't look thoroughly as we should have, and we just came in and started mining mm-hmm. whoops. Yeah. So you immediately you get that white guilt, but also this idea that you know, ultimately... They're disturbing nature. They're disturbing nature, yeah. but, like, you know, they need but, to mine these resources. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, it makes sense. They would have overlooked a few things. Uh, so they're... they're Basically, the team is supposed to go negotiate a mining treaty. Uh, we started off relationships... Uh, our relations on the wrong foot. And uh, MacGyver, you know, coalescing in the bed is like, that's so rare, sir, very sarcastically. You yeah, know? This, this dude is just, like, kind of a shit. Yeah, he's... Yeah, he's... I mean, kind yeah. of a poop. I... I, I <laughs> He's a big doo-doo. <laughs> See, how are we going to stop it? Like, you, like, you, you expect us yet? not to swear. Have I sworn yet? Have I made fun of your attempts not to swear yet? I, I have made no attempts. I simply No, because you can't even think of anything. I have any... Man. <laughs> I have no need. Okay, you know what? Let's... We're friendship fighting. Friendship fight off. <laughs> All right. Still friends. All right. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> so, the uh, the hot chick, the babe, the blonde hair chick is... Name Sam. Yeah, whatever. Uh, she's first in command for the first time, apparently. And then they do this, like, tie-dye machine space travel thing, which is, I guess, what you do when you go through this, this Stargate. Yeah. I was, like, very tie-dye. Yeah. I was totally thinking the, like, Twilight Zone music as they're going... I was expecting them to see, like, a door. Right. Let's go through the door. And then they get there, and what's the first thing they see? Well, okay. So it's supposed to be a raven, but we think it's a crow. Yeah, I think the first one was a crow. The first one was a crow because it wasn't like it didn't look quite as raggedy. Yeah, it did as not a look, raven. Well, ravens are not always raggedy. But, uh, they're pretty, but it like, wasn't as big as a raven. Well, it also didn't. It didn't have those big spread out like wing feathers. Yeah, you know, it like, looked like a crow. I, I think it was a crow. Yeah, and it was yeah, and it just it wasn't big enough. Whatever. So, but they were like, ooh, a raven. Yeah, and it's like caca, and they're like, oh, a raven. Wow. Yeah. Um, so they're, they're checking around and there's this big, there's this big military camp set up. Like they've got the big, you know, kind of like fabric tents. They've got the nineties computer set up. They've got, you know, all this stuff going on and they find all this evidence that they've obviously somehow been ambushed and have just kind of disappeared. Mm -hmm. And, and there's, there's no like ominous flute music at this point, but there's this weird sort of like breathing. There's a wolf that shows up and, 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 and you can hear it's breathing and there's this weird sort of like humming in the background. Yeah, I, really I was thinking ominous. it might be like some kind of. It was almost like a didgeridoo, but it didn't have yeah. enough reverb or vibrato. Yeah. yeah, you know. So it's like there's some kind of like kind of woodwind esque instrument yeah. playing in the background. Not a flute. No. Uh, but you but know, then we get pretty of close. Martial drums like rat a tat tat, and then and yeah. then you have like these other drums that were like boom boom boom, rat a tat tat. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, so it's you like, know? you know, you yeah. know that, like, cultures Sounds, are about to clash. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thanks, drums. And then they see a totem pole, which is a really weird looking was, totem it pole. It was weird. The aesthetic yeah. was very weird yeah. in this show. There was some metal in it. Like, so yeah. throughout, like, when dealing with the, the indigenous Native American Aboriginal peoples, uh, you have, like, sort of uh, so, some of the um, natural fibers that you would expect to see. And then you had, like, this metal that was worked into all sorts of parts of the, the outfit and the buildings and everything. So yeah, it was, which like was kind blend. of, it was kind of cool I in space. I liked it. You know, yeah. it, it was, it was space. I, I, I quite like that. I think 
because, okay, let's just address one of the issues here mm-hmm. is that there's this idea that um, technology is, is uh, you have to take this frozen in time approach to it. So there are purists who think that Aboriginal people, if they, if, you know, if we want to, if we want to be authentic, we have to only use the technology that was available to us pre-contact. The Métis get away with this because, you know, we're like a, a post-contact people. We're right? hybrids. Yeah, so we can, Ugh. we can like, I don't know. But, you know, where, where do you draw the line? And I think if we're going to draw the line, like if we're going to say, okay, anything, uh, you know, even if they, because horses became such an integral yep. part of Plains culture, right? Yeah. Um, horses really replaced dogs in that sense, doing the same sort of, you know, things that, that dogs did in, in Plains cultures. So if we say, okay, well, uh, yeah, those things were successfully integrated and that's traditional and everything. So we say, let's, let's say 1885 that's the cutoff date uh you're not allowed to use because i love that date let's just well i mean you're maintaining who doesn't love so 1885 you cannot use any technology uh that comes after that okay but if we're going to do that for indigenous people i want i want that to be an across the board thing non-indigenous people you cannot get your horse and buggy out because you can't use any technology developed after 1885 get off the fucking facebook guys no i mean the fudge and facebook (laughs) get off the <laughs> yeah, yeah, youngins. Uh, because why is it that indigenous peoples have to be frozen in time? It's because there's this idea that technology itself is unindigenous, that we cannot progress. Well, I mean, not not only is that it's not indigenous, but it's polluting to indigeneity, yes. right? Like yeah. the more technology you use, the less indigenous you are. The more modern you are, the less authentic you are, right? right. It's like it's this but constant it's, tension. It's also based on this idea that technology is rooted in science, and science is a specific discipline that came out of Europe, right? Came yeah. out of the Renaissance, came out of the the whole uh, you know like scientific revolution, and because it's founded on on European principles, obviously indigenous peoples didn't have those same principles and philosophies and everything. Thus, they do not have science, meaning they do not have technology. Yeah, right? and like we we joke that like you know like we can't science and we can't math and it's so mystical to us and stuff but like give me a break you know like people more and more and more are turning back to indigenous science but like even indigenous science that is a few hundred years old is being like reapplied in these revolutionary ways to to white scientific you know methodology and knowledges right it's like whether you're talking about pharmaceuticals or you're talking about just um ways of of viewing our relationship with the world and managing uh you know the world around us in a way that's that's more sustainable a lot of those things are rooted in foundational principles that come from indigenous peoples and so you have to think like if if you're not walking around in like a powdered wig uh you know (laughs) up to your up to your like knee in horse crap horse doo-doo if i Uh know right uh which was at some point traditional for european people right i think that we can fully call waiting around in your own crap traditional yeah i'm just gonna go for for it you know like y'all europeans if you're listening to this yeah you guys didn't really have the sanitation thing no and how many how many cities still like puke their sewage out into fresh water like it's just disgusting so if you're not doing that you've managed to advance but you still have some of the same basic principles um how come technology hasn't totally corrupted you right like the Indigenous peoples have been able to adapt to all sorts of new uh, new technologies, whether from other indigenous nations. So you had copper traveling, you had different ceremonies, you had different ways of building things, and then the you know the incredible inclusion of the horse and the rifle in a lot of uh, in a lot of communities, where still people were hunting sustainably, people were still living um, you know on the land and using horses in ways that they had used you know dogs before. That's that's. There, there was no change. The culture, yeah. the culture adapted to that, but the foundational principles remain the same, right? You don't suddenly become European because you, I don't know, have a gramophone or uh, play CDs or eight tracks or whatever. Like as you go through that technological procession, you're still listening eight to eight tracks, man. Eight tracks, they were cool. Come on. Oh, okay. Just never mind. I mean, I can't even call you a hipster because you were just like there when no, they were. No, that was there thing. when they were. I'm just, yeah, okay. I'm, I'm, yeah. Okay, but okay. I'm a broken hipster. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I got it. All right. Okay. Uh, so, anyway, but yeah. So, okay. Yeah. So, but I mean, they, but the thing is, is like, it's a rant, but they also, they actually bring this up mm-hmm. explicitly later on in the episode. Like they're, they're so shocked that this has been a thing. Yeah. Right. But they use this idea of alien influence to kind of explain it away, but we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. I, I, you know what? I just want to get there now because. Okay. We, let's get we, there now. We dealt this, uh, we dealt with this with Star Trek 
this idea, the alien obelisk and the idea that any sort of technology that's present um, is immediately suspect because Okay, so they, um, okay, what happens here? They, uh... Well, okay, so the, the quote, Daniel, the anthropologist, who really does make the case for the complete destruction of anthropology as a discipline, oh. he says, they've managed to evolve technologically, but have maintained their traditional way of living. Mm-hmm. And we're, like, Chelsea and I were both like, we need to pause this, we need yeah. to scribble some notes, and we need yeah. to give a big flip you yeah. with two... Yeah, but fingers. But that's sneering, so uh, we're not doing that. We're just we're just we're like just sneering. Yeah, yeah, we're sneering. Yeah. We're sneering very hardcore with upturned upper lips exactly. at the screen. Yeah, because they they like explicitly address this. It becomes this you know it's this shocking thing that How can is they use immediately technology and still live the way they do. Yeah, but yeah. I mean we've we've seen this a lot. Yes, you know it's like a, it's a technology becomes this mystery to be solved. Yeah, and the you know the answer to this mystery is never oh well these are just people who live in different ways, yeah. you know, and manage to use what's, you know, provided to them in, like, the ways that are culturally appropriate to them. It's always, like, aliens! It's aliens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, right? Nobody, indigenous peoples can't do that. It's aliens! All right? So, please, can we just get away from that? Like, you give a native person whatever kind of cool material, uh, they're going to use it in, in, in the way that makes sense to them, okay? That, it, that is traditional, whether they're using it for, um, for decoration or they're going to make tools out of it or whatever, just like any other people, okay? We're not some sort of weird group that, like, that somewhere in the, in the 17th century, we just, you know, we're like, everything we have now is what we will always have and we will never be indigenous unless we have what we have now in the 17th century. Like, there was no cutoff date. We can be in the 26th century and still talking about Miopimatsuin, still talking about sustainability, sustainability, still talking about reciprocal obligations instead of, you know, individual selfish rights and exploitation. Like, that's still going to be a thing. And it doesn't matter if we're in flitter cars. I don't care. Or in giant, weirdly, genetically mutated flying tuna. Yeah. Like, I don't care. Or, or if we're on an equestroid. There we go. You know what? Just bringing it back to Brave Star. Exactly. Because Brave Star actually, I think, did that better than any show that we've seen. Yeah. You know? Like, if you want an example in science fiction of how to do that shit, that poop right. That poo-poo. <laughs> Dang, you're doing a lot better than I am on this. Um, yeah. You know? And this is something that, like is reproduced again and again and again, this idea that we're stuck in time and that we can never, you know, we can't break free. And we can't be authentically indigenous if we do, if we do adapt to new technologies. And there's always uh, attached to that the idea that indigenous peoples cannot create technology because, again, we lack science, which is based on European principles, and because we don't, our principles are different, we can't have science. But aliens who don't have European principles can have alien science and that's accepted. That's more yeah. acceptable. You know, they could have it. They, they don't even, they don't have to speak any European language. They, they don't share a culture. They don't share a history, but aliens can be advanced and, and, and have technology and science, but somehow indigenous peoples can't like that. That is, that is a thing. That is a thing yep. that definitely informs a lot of these portrayals. And the, okay. And, that not only does it inform a lot of portrayals of indigenous people in science fiction, but I think that it is actually one of the foundations of science fiction itself mm-hmm. as a genre. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is something that needs to be addressed more clearly is that aliens need to be looked at as not only inherently racialized, but inherently indigenized in these specific ways, especially science fiction that is coming out of a, you know, American, North American, mm-hmm. whatever context. Yeah. And that's something that's not talked about and it, it really needs to be. There is a lot there that we need to deconstruct. Right. Like, uh, you know, a, a lot of, we've talked about how a lot of the science fiction we've, we've watched has really been informed by colonial fears, right? Um, you know, give these give these people too much power and they'll do unto us as we've done to them, etc. Um, and I'd really like, at one point, for us to come across some sort of portrayal of an indigenous science fiction um, that isn't founded in colonial fears, that isn't founded in this idea that all human beings are inherently colonial uh, peoples that want to conquer other peoples and exploit the land. Like, I would really like to see different portrayals because I'm honestly, I'm just sick of this. Okay, let's, let's okay, let's, let's, let's move on. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So we're okay. So we we jump forward. Let's jump back. All right. So we we're at the totem pole. 
Right. The totem pole has metal in it. The anthropologist is explaining the entire totem pole and the story of the totem pole, which is basically the Gua'uld, which are kind of like the main nemesis in Star Trek, S- or, uh, oh my god, Stargate SG-1. <laughs> All the Stargates. Uh, yeah, so Stargate. Uh, basically, the Gua'uld, who are kind of like these evil alien slugs that live in people and control them or whatever, uh, brought these Salish people through a Stargate and kind of implanted them on this planet uh, and that's the story that the totem pole's telling, but the spirits rose up and ejected the ghoul from the planet. They they pushed them away, uh, and so now these people are free to live under the protection of the spirits. Particularly Zales. Zales, yeah. Raven, the raven. The Represented by the raven, who yeah. might be a crow, but maybe a raven. Yeah. All of a sudden, we get ominous chanting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think the, because we, we watched the episode with subtitles, because I think that's what automatically comes on, and I think it actually said ominous chanting. Yeah, it did. It did. Yeah. It said ominous chanting. And then we hear, swing, 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 little darts. Yeah. And they pass out. But as they're passing out, um, they see that, they see these warriors coming towards them with sort of like, um loincloths and uh these breastplates that are sort of like um natural materials and then like metal uh faces and i don't know like some sticking up uh feathers and like sort of a woven band yeah Yeah. and like obviously it's all dudes yeah and obviously it's all loincloths yeah (laughs) loincloths like it it didn't look like it was that warm you know but you know gotta rock the loincloth and, and then we we come to the uh, the conference hall. I mean the uh, the traditional <laughs> the traditional lodge. Yeah, slash conference hall. The most boring. Yeah. Just, yeah. It was yeah. it was just incredible. It's like it's it's vaguely Salish looking. I like I don't even know how to describe it. It honestly like I'm pretty sure like I've sat in that exact same building <laughs> several times and Being bored. Yeah, checking my Twitter like yeah. every five minutes. Yeah. Anyway, like. It, uh, it's just bad news. Yeah. Um, we had uh, cloth, cloth lean twos outside. Cloth lean twos, which I, I kind of feel are like maybe traditional laundry lines. Yeah, I think, I think they just sort of filled up the foreground with a bunch of like uh, native looking stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, because it got me too austere like, just with the conference center. Yeah, that's there, true. Right? That's been, true. Like, you know, is bingo going on in there? Like, you oh, know, I mean, if you, only. you'd be like waiting for like to look at the pickup truck outside, but having the lean twos there sort of like filled it up, made it more authentic. I know? mean, I, but the thing, the thing that got me is like from a from an aesthetic perspective, because mm-hmm. obviously, yes, uh, aesthetics. Um, the, what got me about that is. You know, it, it, it looked like a laundry line because they just had, like, woven cloth scraps slung yeah, all over it. You know, yeah. everybody else was wearing buckskin. Yeah. And then it's just, like, people hung up their, their sheets and towels on these, like, weird <laughs> lean-tos. And it was like, wait, I know I'm not supposed to look at this closely, but since I'm looking at this closely, yeah. what's going on? Well, the decorator here, obviously, like, the, the, the scene decorator, the set decorator probably just got instructions that were like, make it look... You know, indigenous. <laughs> Make right? them look real Indian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so, so they, yeah, and they're, they're canoeing, inside there. They're carving. Oh canoe. yeah, but they're carving the canoe. It does not look like they're using uh, metal tools for this. Right? No, no. It's like they're, they're using. It's like the the metal is kind of like this accessory. Yeah. You know, they're they're decorated with it. Right, all, right. Like there's a lot of. They'll uh, make some stuff out of it. Yeah. There's there's kind of some. Uh, you know, like symbolic, you know, sculpture and that kind of thing around there. There's yeah. arrows, but they're not actually making any tools out of it at all. So it's clear they don't have a ton of this stuff. No. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so they're prisoners. And we know they're prisoners because they try to leave, and this very scary looking native man is going rah, 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 rah at them. Yeah. I but think he did he actually go rah, 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 or was I that my know. own head? That might, you might have read that. He looked, in there. He looked, he looked, he looked like, like he meant rah, rah, rah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, then this guy comes in who we, we learn is Tanani. Um, and and Tanani is just like, as, as his character develops, you know, at first we we're kind of like, is he just joking? Or I think Tanani, yeah. it's, it's fair to say, is just the village idiot. Tanani, Tanani is... He's like the innocent, so, noble savage. Like, he's so naive and mm. so invariably cheerful. And childlike. He's very childlike. He's, yeah, you just, you want to shake him. Yeah. You know, you want to you wanna punch everybody else in the room and then yeah. shake him and go, like, these people all deserve this. Yeah, and, and this is Rodney Grant, by the way, uh, from Dances with Wolves with the amazing hair. He was, like, wind in his hair or something. Sexy, sexy man. He's not looking, you know, that bad I as mean, an older guy. Like, yeah, he's still, he's, he's still, he's still pretty good. Yeah, he's still pretty good. Um, but he just, you know, he plays this unbelievably cheerful guy like he's just so happy to like answer their questions it's just it's it's weird because he's not stoic 
You know, mm -hmm. it kind of turns that around. He's, he's not like the stoic Tonto speech. He speaks great English, but he's a child. And he speaks, the thing that got me is he speaks colloquial English. Yeah. 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 Like he, he's like, yeah. Yeah. And we're going to do this thing sort of. I don't know. It's, and yeah, it's yeah, yeah, it's, it's very strange. And like, to me, he was kind of the most stereotypical indigenous figure that we've seen yeah and we've seen yeah. some real bad yeah. ones yeah he had no depth to him um there Not was definitely no character bit. development he was, he just, was just happy to go along with whatever yeah. anybody said yeah he's like he's just living in the world you know just letting things flow over him yeah, yeah he he really it's got on my nerves wild um and and so we, uh they're asking you know where are our friends from sg11 uh and he's like oh they're uh they're with the spirits don't you know the spirits and and, and of course the anthro guy has to like try to lie and pretend he knows more than he does yeah you know because he's an anthropologist <laughs> Typical. And that's what you learn in first year anthropology. Um, <clears throat> so he's uh, he's like, yeah, we know those spirits. Uh, just uh, but there's just so many. Which ones? Whatever. Anyway, I don't know. Yeah, Did like, Tanani buy it? I think Tanani. I, I feel like Tanani. He wasn't didn't really, buy it, but, but was kind of care. like yeah. He just he just is like it's like whatever guy. You don't know what you're talking about, but that's okay. But I'll tell you. Yeah, and I'll still make you feel like you know you're you're a respectable sort of you know guy that knows things. Yeah. So let's go. Yikes. Hey, yeah. Uh, sorry, I'm trying not to swear. Dang a lang. Okay. Dang a lang. You go ahead and tell him what the the anthropologist was advising the the blonde chick. You know about the dancing and stuff. Oh God, I didn't even write this down. I was so okay. mad, but I remember. Yeah. Because he's basically, you know, Tanani's like, oh, you know, like, I'll go take you to the spirits and we can, you know, we can ask them and find out where your friends are. And they're all like, yeah, okay, like, let's, let's do that, you know. And, you know, none of them believe that this is going to be a thing. And so, like, they're walking along into the forest and the anthropologist leans forward to the uh, Sam, to the captain, and says, like, oh, you know, like, probably there's going to be this big ceremony and they're going to do some dancing and, you know, it's going to be this big thing. But just, you know, just go along with it. No matter how ridiculous it seems. No matter how ridiculous it seems, yep. just go along with it. But then he's disappointed because, because they get to the edge of the forest <laughs> yeah. and there's no ceremony. There's no dancing. And he's kind of like, well, don't, well, don't you do some sort of dancing or singing? And he's like, you know, Tanani's like, yeah, my great grandfather used to do that. But, you know, the spirit said, come on in. So we did. Yeah. And so they, they're just in there yelling like hello spirits what up like yeah. hey guys you know yeah, i kind of like that and then we get we get the wolf uh who is called takaya takaya um, yeah and then you know so uh tanani starts talking to the wolf and and of course you know the white folks are all weirded out by that they're like oh you know this is some sort of weird game or well he doesn't realize it's a wolf you know but the, but the thing that got me is like this wolf just shows up and sits yeah. down in front of you and is like listening to what you have to say yeah. and there's just the one of them and it's just like yeah yeah and they're all like no obviously this is just some wolf yeah. even though the only animals that we've seen in this entire forest are yeah. one wolf and one raven crow well they just think it's a big dog i think they don't know <laughs> yeah. and then okay so oh, then God. the the you know uh the raven comes caw, caw, and you know they they negotiate with the raven and the friends are going to be released uh, and then, so there's like, um, there's this, this sort of mist in the forest and these guys come walking out and they don't remember anything. They don't mm -hmm. remember where they were. So they, and they feel like they've been drugged and then they go see the elders who, by the way, are like what in their thirties at best. The, the elders are not very old. What do y'all think elders are? But I mean, <laughs> I think, I think that was really actually indicative of kind of what this show is trying to portray indigenous people yeah. as, right? Because like, why would we live very long? Yeah, I guess. We're stuck in the past. Our elders you know, like, are 30. <laughs> yeah. The, re the reason that we have any sort of technology is because of alien influence. So why would we be living past, you know, like 45 or whatever, like white people were living past in the 1600s, right? That's insane. Like my, my great, great, great grandfather, who is, by the way, the great grandfather of, of most of the Métis people in Alberta, like Louis Corguante, right, coming from Ganawage, lived until he was like 71 or whatever, married three women, had a bazillion children, right? And living to 71 was not unusual, right? So this is no. like the early 1800s. Uh, and, and before that too, like long lives, that was not that yeah. unusual. We, we always Folks hear in about the prairies? like, yeah, we were some well-fed, yeah. very impressively healthy people. This like, generally. Yeah. Like, this hobby and thing, like, uh, life is being nasty, brutish and short. Like y'all didn't. Yeah. Maybe for man. you and like you <laughs> yeah. Europeans. Cause you're, 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 your people are, are oppressing each other and making sure that, 
you don't have enough food. And yeah, all these guys and you're drinking beer instead of water because your water is so contaminated <laughs> and you're with people's your crap poop. Out, yeah. out the window, and then like it goes into the water that you drink out of, and you don't bathe. You just put on more perfume. Like I'm sorry that you only lived until you were like 20 and all your teeth fell out. But our people <laughs> were looking pretty good in their 70s, man. Like, whatever. Anyway. Okay. So uh, they go to see the, the, the elders. And what I loved about this is that this is where I, I wrote down village idiot because the elders didn't really respect Tanani too much. They were like, they were like uh, you know, he, he should go back and, and see their mining methods. So he's supposed to go through the Stargate. And he's like, yeah, I like going places. No, no the, the elders even warned him off. And they were like, this seems too dangerous. And he was like, no, I love to travel. And then Kelsey's husband was like, yeah, they're going to send Tanani because they like... <laughs> Like fucking idiot. <laughs> there you go again. Oh, <laughs> fracking. Have you he's, seen those? He's a fracking idiot. <laughs> anyway. Yikes. Oh yeah. my god. So what do they do? He ends up over he goes through the So he goes through and yeah. he's like very happy. you know, he's very happy to do whatever. <laughs> and so he goes through and he's like, woo, okay, great. So they bring SG eleven back, they bring Tanani back, and they're all, you know, like we're Tanani's not, all shocked at all. We're not of the, explaining it well enough. He no, was so not. smiling. He was just like, like, Yeah, yeah. Like you, you thought he he had to be sarcastic, but he never let up the whole time. It was all like, Yeah, I like that. Sure, Sam. Sure. Yeah. See, that's like a puppy dog. If puppy dogs could speak. You know? That that just struck me as so bizarre because like yeah. in because he was actually indigenous and a lot yeah. of the other stuff that we've seen where there's actually indigenous sarca- actors sarcastic like, biting they, stuff. Yeah, yeah, they they managed to like sneak some yeah. You know, some really cutting stuff in that we like pick that up like. on. Yeah, but this yeah, was but not like that. There was no. no. We were waiting for the sarcasm, but it, it never really came. He was really earnest. He was. He was super. Even. Even yeah. in the parts where, like, a little later on, when it looks like they're gonna, like, you know, all these white people are gonna be defeated by mm. these aliens and stuff, and even when he says some stuff that could be read as like pretty violently creepy. Yeah. You know, he just comes across as so naive so kind and forgiving and yeah you know this is just how it is anyway so he's watching how they mine right and he's like and the whole issue is that they his people consider the way that um these folks are mining is it's it's wasteful he's like i'm convinced our way is best and then the anthro guy's like oh well let's do a tour i want to show you images of your ancestors we had to take a break. Yeah, we had to take a break. We were so annoyed. Like, it was just so patronizing. Like, hey, you didn't know this, but your ancestors come from here on Earth, and I can show you pictures of them. Wouldn't that be great? And Tanani's like, what? Like, Yeah, Tanani, like, he, it's basically like he puts his hands on either side of his face and goes, <gasps> my ancestors! Oh my god, it was so And we were like, <laughs> pause, walk out of the room, Yeah, have a breather, bang on the table a little bit. Come back in. That was brutal. Sit down. Look at each other significantly. Please, anthropologist, tell us where we came from. <gasps> the Bering Strait. <laughs> oh, okay. It was. It sucked. Okay, so versus the way that Tanani's people um, mine, which is basically they 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 ask the spirits. Um, and the spirits ask the mountain and then the ore or whatever is like, it's, it goes into the water and it's washed shiny and they make whatever they want with it. And so they, they have at this point, like, uh, the, the non-natives are like, think that the spirits are just in their heads. Right. So they, they, they think about this as, uh, small deposits being washed down the mountains over centuries, right? They, They take this as a really literal minded way. They can't imagine there might be actual spirits who are actually taking significant amounts of ore out and giving it to the people to be fashioned into anything. So they they think it's just like, this is how these ignorant people are describing natural processes, right? Sounds familiar. Yeah. And, and so it's, it's like, uh, if these people aren't using the words that we know, like mine and extract, then they're not doing it in in an efficient way. They don't even address the, uh, the, the way that they do it in a, in a harmful way. They're like, well, we plant trees after you didn't see that part whatever yeah and and tanani's like nah yeah like even yeah even yeah. tanani who's like was willing like, no. to go along with everything yeah, is like, like nope that makes no sense and then so they they shoo him out of there and the bald-headed like uh commander guy's like well when they migrate south we're gonna go extract samples while they're gone and everyone's like what about their uh their aboriginal rights this is macgyver this is when i like i because i, I kind of started like hating him but then he was like what about their aboriginal rights and repeating history and wait uh, you liked him more after that i because i because he brought it up, and then he walked out when the guy was like well we're just gonna go do it you know he walked out like he was like oh i can't stand for this oh god that didn't make okay. me like him anymore 
Okay, but you know, I have everything for MacGyver. Just all right. Okay. I just, I just thought it was that same like bias. that that bullshit argument because it's like he still has to frame it. You know what? Damn it! <laughs> We're gonna get a little Darn jar. It. We're gonna get a little, get a little <sighs> jar, and she's gonna have to like no, pay a every broke. time she swears. I'm too broke. It, that's how we're gonna finance our wine. Oh my god. Oh yeah. I'm gonna get the good stuff now. We're like twenty for O. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so but here's my thing. But MacGyver, they don't know will hurt, won't hurt them. But MacGyver is still framing oh, it yeah, no. within you know like this rights paradigm. You know, mm-hmm. like he's got to put it in words that he understands. He can't just be like, hey, this is maybe not a great thing because these people don't want it. They're not consenting. Aboriginal rights. You know, like, what about human rights? And it's like, what about moral ethics? And what about consent? Come on. (laughs) Yeah. Like, come on. Like, really? You gotta, you gotta fall back on that. You know, I don't know if the show thinks that the people watching are just completely clueless or like can't handle anything outside of this incredibly militaristic manifest destiny sort of paradigm. But but, rights, that rights-based paradigm is, is, is what the United States in particular is founded on and liberal democracies really push, right? Rights-based arguments are it. Like that's the foundational principle. We always come back to that. So I I definitely, I think like in in a wide scale, like there's no discussion of other paradigms at all you're right you know and especially in science fiction i was actually i was trying to think back and there's all about individuality no it's it's all about bringing people into this fold where we we are able to consider them as human beings yeah you know and as human beings within the specific you know like liberal humanist discourse Mm -hmm. and it never goes beyond that no you know at least because science fiction is rooted in that it's it's rooted in a scientific revolution i i don't want to believe that uh, well, it doesn't have to be, but the science fiction that we're consuming right now most certainly okay. is. Okay, yeah, that's that's absolutely true. Let's get to the only part that made us happy. Okay. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here's what you need to do: you need to put one fist, and the you need to have your elbow at a right angle, and the fist needs to be facing you. You need to get your other one we're doing right it. beside parallel. We're both that's doing right. it. And then you need to slap them together real hard. Wow! And you make white people disappear. They all disappear. And I think like only white people ever disappeared when yeah. this was happening. Yeah, it was just white people. So yeah. So what happens is that um, the soldiers that were freed were actually uh, shapeshifters. So it wasn't the soldiers themselves. It, it was, was the spirits. It was the spirits in shapeshifted form. And once they overheard the fact that these people were gonna were gonna trick Tanani's people, they were like, "That's it. Uh, they intend to deceive our friend Tanani." And uh, and then I have like the power of the spirits. Woo-hoo! And they send them to the happy hunting grounds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they just disappear. But like we were so we were kind of down. We were low at this point, and just like we just like every time that they disappeared, somebody we went. <laughs> we're like, nope. keep doing it. Yeah. <laughs> so anytime that you just you you just cannot hear another word out of that annoying mouth that that racist or that well-meaning ally or that, or that person, anthropologist or that anthropologist wants to show you pictures of your ancestors just wow <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was awesome oh, and you got to do the arm movements yeah you got like it's so satisfying oh so they they go around they're trying to find basically the the spirits want to find tanani and bring them home that's it yeah that's the only thing that they want but instead the base completely shuts down everybody goes to the arms locker they yeah. take out these huge guns and in the meantime the anthropologist and tanani are kind of wandering around and the anthropologist is like hey Tanani do you want to go to this place in the base that most people don't get to see and Tanani's <laughs> like yeah of course I do and so they go to the storage room yeah and the anthropologist is like so this is where we store, store stuff. things <laughs> but he's just hiding out right? yeah and is Tanani's it? like oh that's not very interesting but okay <laughs> and it's just like ah. Oh. meanwhile you know this posse of aliens is running around just like disappearing <laughs> Lightning's flashing everywhere. Yeah. Oh, so good. And then they shoot one of them. And he and yeah. describe what he looks like. Because, Oh, God. So, okay. So, he shoots this guy that's pretending to be this doctor. And the doctor is... I cannot for the life of me remember his name at all. But he's kind of like... He's really jowly. And he's like that kind of like balding grayish sort of dude who plays a jowly guy whenever you need a jowly guy and kind of a secondary role in a show or movie he's He's that guy he's been recycled many times yeah you you'll see him he's a great i'm sure b movie actor yeah uh so anyway the spirit is transformed in this guy uh teal'c uh shoots him with this like alien ray gun thing and he falls to the ground and transforms into this like 
gill face. Like, yeah. Like really gross. Just like, like gills. Multiple kinds of gills all the way up his face. They keep moving. They keep moving. It's vaguely like, clitoral. Like it's it was, it was I didn't, disturbing. Now I can't unsee that. Yeah, that was it was ugh, I saw that. And it was like, you know, like like inside your nose, it's it's kinda like it should be sort of a healthy pink. You know, or inside your mouth, it should be a healthy yeah. pink, but, but it was kind of like a weird It's red, like inflamed. Like inflamed. Yeah, and well, it just keeps moving. It's inflamed like... Inflamed clitoral face. <laughs> yeah. Maybe this is my, like, my, my, I don't know, speciosity, my speciesism. I just did not find these aliens attractive. And they were No, they were nasty. Awful. At first, when he was laying down, he was wearing this, like, silver tunic and silver ballerina slippers, but when they stood up... It just like it, it just didn't fit right. <laughs> yeah, we were like, like, oh, what a great aesthetic. And then no, and it, then it's just like, oh. whoa, it, you can see everybody's nipples. nipples. Yeah, it was nipples it's everywhere. Like, why do these aliens have nipples? I don't know. Ugh. Ugh. So, it was yeah. But okay, so I I kind of thought that maybe these aliens were so gross looking on purpose mm-hmm. because there's a lot of humanoid aliens in science fiction, yeah. and most of them, you know, they have like a weird forehead thing, still, or they have interesting ears, yeah. or whatever. But they're still like they're fairly aesthetically pleasing beings yeah. but these ones it was like not only are your spirits not actually spirits they're but they're ugly. also nasty yeah 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 because the whole thing was like tanani look these are your spirits like uh you know they've been tricking you they've been fooling you they've been lying to you uh you know if you see them you'll understand this and tanani's like uh you know my spirits aren't evil they don't rule us they protect us uh the spirits i know wouldn't threaten your people unless you were doing something to threaten them Right? So Tanani's not a total idiot. He knows that these guys have been up to no good or the spirits wouldn't be there because he understands, you know, they have a relationship with these people, right? So he's, he, that's the one thing I liked is even when Tanani sees them at the end, right? They, they do this big reveal. Look, Tanani, this is what your spirits look like. He's like, whatever, man. Yeah. You guys have always been good to us. He judges them by their, their past actions. He's like, take whatever form pleases you. You know, we don't care, man. Just like... Yeah. Look how you want well, to look. But I mean, and this is the part too, when like the spirits are kind of revealed to Tanani is like, um, the spirits I know wouldn't threaten your people unless you threaten mine. Yeah. The spirits will destroy you. Yeah. 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 And that, like, that's the point where everybody's a bit like, Ooh. Yeah. Because you know, at this point they're like ready to take over the base. They've disappeared, you know, like dozens of people at this point. Almost everybody except for the, the main cast yeah. And crew. Yeah. And yeah. And it gets a bit like, Whoa, Tanani, like, do you know more than you're letting on? But that's yeah. a, the closest that we ever get to Tanani having an actual personality. Yeah. So it didn't go very close. Yeah. Yeah. So they're, they're basically, they're in front of the Stargate. Um, the, the, the aliens want to sort of destroy the base, but, uh, one of the aliens has made a promise to MacGyver, uh, not to do that. And MacGyver swears to give up the mining operation they're like how can we trust you he says ah just destroy the the stargate on your side um and and then oh the anthropologist was like oh but you know don't worry about it the because the aliens are afraid that now that their true form has been revealed that tanani's people will like hunt them down and the anthropologist is like they value the natural world more than technology like because because what does that even have to well because it's like obviously the anthropologist knows more about these indigenous people after knowing them for like two seconds two seconds than these spirits who have spent hundreds of years with them ever could coexisting and and i and i like that it was very two row wampum the way that the aliens were describing their relationship with tanani's people is that they coexist they don't interfere with each other they treat each other with respect you know and they just sort of stay out of each other's business and and this seemed to really bother uh, you know, the white people in Stargate. Yeah, it's like, like you're not being honest with them. Yeah. What, so honesty and interference. And wait, you're going to talk about honesty? After like the whole plan? After the whole reason that you're in this conflict is because you're lying. Dishonest? Like, say what we, jerks? do what we say, not what we, like, just, just. Just, can you not? The moralizing and the lecturing and, not, you know, just coming in, busting into a relationship that's existed for however many centuries and deciding that they know best. And so the thing, the thing is though, is this is what Stargate SG one is. Yeah. Yeah. I had to, I had to stop Ugh. watching it because like the, it's every single episode. It's like things seem to be going pretty okay, but somebody's not being entirely literally truthful with you. So yeah. we're just going to come in and flip it all up and probably ruin people's lives. But really you're better off for it because we've decided you are. That's the entire that's the entire premise of the show essentially. Um, so I don't know. Yeah. So basically, whoa, my god. My my next notes are: Can we not talk about fucking indigenous evolution? Ching and the change. Oh no! No, that was my notes. That doesn't count. If I'm reading, it counts. Notes. No, it counts. We hadn't decided 
not counts. Oh, dang. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. Okay. Sorry about my potty mouth, everyone. (laughs) Sorry, great-grandmothers. But actually kind of sorry, great-grandmothers. Yeah. Feel a bit bad. Um... So yeah, so they value the natural world more than technology, and if you really respect Tanani spirits, you shouldn't pose as their spirits. Trust them. Yeah, I, whatever. Yeah, God, like, no. you people know nothing. Yeah, like, for one thing, totally misinterpret what they say. Like, the, like Tanani was telling them how, how they got the ore, and he was being totally truthful about it, and they're like, oh, I can't mean that. Like... Yeah, and they totally suspected Tanani too. Like in the beginning, they were like, oh, well, he must be lying about the spirits. He has the SG 11 team, and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like he's a liar. Whatever. You know what? I think at this point, the only thing we can do right now is ask Amunio. You know, yeah, you know, we haven't even reached the end of the episode. But like the episode ends basically. All the people get Wapowed back. Whatever. They get Wapowed back. The the aliens and Tanani go back through the Stargate. Nobody gets the Trinium, but like they don't deserve the GD Trinium anyway, so. Alright. <sighs> anyway. I, but, I mean, you know, maybe maybe Amunia will have a slightly different perspective I, I on this. I hope so, because I, I've obviously got it all wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And now it's time to ask Amunia. So, welcome to our Amunia for the evening, who is an anthropologist at the University of Wisconsin, which is apparently the cheese beer soup capital of academia. Uh, thank you very much, friends. Maggie Bloomead for joining us tonight. So, uh, Maggie, would you say that the indigenous people that you've met in your studies are generally happier than non-indigenous people? Uh, yeah, yeah, I would say they were they were generally happier. Um, that's because happiness is not actually correlated with wealth, as we as we know. So even primitive people with limited access to technology can have high levels of happiness. Um, what about? It's counterintuitive, but there you go. What about indigenous peoples that have uh, access to all sorts of technology? Well, there, I mean, then you can still be happy. I mean, so I'm not saying that technology make, can make makes you unhappy. I don't want, you know, the reverse correlation to be uh, thought of as true. Um, okay, so are indigenous people just genetically happier or culturally Racially happy? Racially happier? How, what, is, what, what makes indigenous people happy? Well, you know, simple things, you know, like their 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 connection to like, uh, well, their you know, you know how they have this thing about like connection to the land and that sort of, you know, religious, spiritual, superstitious relationship often helps people, you know, cope with some of life stresses. You know, Seventh Day Adventists do live longer than other people, you know, mostly because of that. And also, you know, because they're more insular and they don't get out much and everything, they're more you know, more tight knit communities. They uh, that also helps a lot with in terms of social happiness rather than uh, technological or financial happiness. Right. Uh, thank you. Thank, thank you. I'm glad I was here to answer your questions. Uh, what What is your uh, field of study? Well, I'm an anthropologist. Uh, what what pers- specifically do you study? Um, I specifically study uh, indigenous uh, cultures of the Appalachians, specifically the uh, blue-skinned people. Uh, Those people are. You mean like the blue, the Blue Ridge Mountains? But they're not actually indigenous peoples. Those are. Well, it depends how you define indigeneity. How do you define indigeneity? Actually, it's funny because I was listening to another discussion that you had previously with All other right. people. Oh, about okay. The so thank you. I would like so to respond much, to that. Maybe. Actually, that's great. That uh, so thank you very much, Franz Maggie Bloomead, for your contributions to Indian Country this evening. As always, uh, we at Maintain Space would like to gift Maggie with a uh, Indian name. So Maggie, as you as you move forward in your work as an anthropologist, please take this name and honor it, uh, respect it, and try to live its values. Um, in, in your work and life. Uh, and the Indian name that we would like to give to Maggie this evening is He Correlates, Causates, and Fabricates. So Maggie, please respect your Indian name and thanks again for uh-huh. your contributions this evening. Alrighty, so I think we're planning on ripping through this pretty fast because oh, yeah. we've we've kept you over an hour already, and we've pretty broken we've broken it down pretty well. Oh yeah, I think we you know how we feel about this. Yeah, so we yeah we got some good rants in this this fine evening. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to be rating this episode out of Happy Indians. Um, so once again, five Happy Indians means that the episode was incredible. You want to watch it every day. You want to host screenings of it for your friends. One Happy Indian means that it was terrible. You wouldn't 
uh, recommended to anyone. Chelsea's pulling her toque down over her face. Um, so Jesse, uh, I think this is going to be a big shocker to everyone, but how did you feel about this episode? You know, I didn't think it was possible to go lower than the rating that I gave for Star Trek. So uh, I'm going to use some negative integers. I think this was negative three happy Indians. I hated this Whoa. so much. Even the whoopow thing did not save this for me. You all know why I hated this. This was 1997. Um, just no. Negative three happy Indians. Just, I hate you. I hate this show. I hate you, Stargate. Oh, uh, wow. Um, there, there it is. Uh, for myself, I'm not going to go quite as low as minus three because I can't <laughs> count that negative. Um, I'm going to give it a zero. Just a solid number that may or may not exist. Zero happy Indians. <laughs> there are no happy Indians in this room this nope. evening. I will tell you that. Uh, and basically for, you know, the reasons that we talked about. And once again, for me, you know, the wapow, we both cheered. Yeah. Uh, and but that's going to be a new, that's going to be a thing we continue on. But, you know, just you know, because they yeah. had one good thing. Yeah. Doesn't, doesn't no. make up for the complete poop show. Poop show. That was, uh, <laughs> very yes, good. Thank you. Very a bit good. of a bow. Uh, yeah, no, it just, it just didn't make up for it, eh? No. Like not even close. No. Um, all right, so, so let's just be done. It. Let's just scrub that out of our minds. Gone. Yeah, gone. Okay, let's what talk happened about, this evening? Let's I don't talk even about know. cooler things. Uh, yeah. You, you have been on Indian and Country uh, lately, and some cool things are happening. What's up with that? Yeah, Indian and Cowboy. Did I say Indian and Country? You did. I'm thinking Indian Country. You know, all this Indian Country. Indian and and, uh, you were in Indian Country on Indian and Cowboy doing Indian things. Right? Yes, okay. probably. There that okay. Is. Yeah, so, yeah, but, like, you may have been on IndianandCowboy.com, and we definitely have been in the past couple weeks, uh, and that's basically the media network that we are a part of. It's um, by and for Indigenous people, and you should definitely check it out. Our episodes can be found there, as well as the episodes of another, like, five or six podcasts mm. by now. But what's with the music? What? That's what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, first listen. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a new thing as of today, anyway. You're going to be hearing this a few weeks later on, but so maybe it's old news to you by now, but this is a brand new thing um, that Indian and Cowboy is doing where basically it's uh, kind of showcasing and displaying new Indigenous music, and it's putting albums up for you to listen to before they come out, so you have a chance to, to listen listen to them uh, in their... Like their completion that's so cool and yeah. then yeah and, and then, then like you get first listen yeah and then you can pre-order them yeah that's uh sweet. so that's pretty yeah it's awesome and the first one that's up there right now is silver jackson right and this may not be the album that's up when you hear this because yeah we, we've kind of got it got ahead of you know maybe we'll just release like maybe we can just release a bit early whatever whatever, it, whatever. you'll see you'll yeah. see when whenever you listen to it i guess yeah uh but yeah so i don't know like if you haven't had to listen to that album it's really good i've listened to it it's musically like very very complex and satisfying so oh, i can't wait to check I, it out yeah i recommend it it's really good right. uh so yeah just go to indiancowboy.com click on first listen which is at the top of the page and check it out uh as well as check out some of the other podcasts that are, are on there there's a podcast called knives and wild rice which if you're into music nick sherman uh is making a new album and this podcast is all about how he's going about and doing that um, and you know, he's taking you on tour with him. He's talking about kind of the pitfalls. He's talking about trying to apply to musical grants from the government of Canada. Uh, and that doesn't work out so well, but it's, it's yeah. really fun to listen to. And yeah. So IndianCowboy.com. Not Indian and country. No. Uh, although country. when you click on Indian and cowboy, you're entering a digital Indian, Indian country. country. There you yeah. go. I was just, it was a roundabout metaphorical way for me to say things in a non-literal sense. Yeah, Chelsea's a true storyteller. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so, I hope you have a great evening. This evening. Thanks for joining us on Matey in Space! 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 Space!